Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Happy Monday, the 13th of November. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Steve Schultz, founder of the Elijah List, along with my wife at Elijah Streams that you're watching right now. Uh, Welcome to Monday morning. Uh, let's see, what do we want to do first? I want to tell you that tomorrow, that our guest tomorrow is Lou Engel and Jenny Donnelly. Now they are each working together with the other on this uh, million women on the mall a year from now, but the, but hands off our kids, that movement, all of that. They're going to be on together tomorrow. We're going to do sort of a round table with those two and talk about what God is doing and knitting their hearts together and their, their ministry Um with the joint effort. So it's going to be interesting to hear that tomorrow. So let's see, what do I want to do here? Oh, I want to show you this. Um, many of you uh, saw that we have invested funds from you to, to buy, uh, to, to, to have made bulletproof vests for Israeli soldiers. Um, and we, I can't remember the exact number, but uh, it's like almost 200 vests we did, and finally, some of the soldiers left us a quick video. They're very short. One show, so shows a soldier wearing it, and he'll thank you for it very quickly. And then they sent us a few seconds while they're showing the surrounding areas of the tanks, uh, Gaza, and all of that. So these are the people that, when you see this tank rolling or the jeep rolling, you'll realize that the, the people taking the video are wearing the bulletproof vests even though you can't see it. I don't know if that's because of a security issue or whatever, but they, they sent this video in. So here, so you can see where your money went to protect the Israeli lives. So here we go with that. Hey, Kurt, thank you very much for the ceramic. Now we are safe. Thank you and God bless Israel. Very good, very good. It's very heartwarming to see that they are protected because of what we've done for them. Thank you so much for your part in that. Very much so. All right. Uh, as we come here, you know, we're into the year in giving with the last six weeks or so of the year. And people think the most about giving their um, whatever we call it, ties or offerings or year in donations. But we want to thank you for thinking about us here at the year in giving. And we're going to run this spot again where it talks about the process that we go through to find wells. And every three days we found and drilled uh, drilled another well. So here's here's what that looked like when wells are selected. Here we go with that. Many people do not have access to safe, clean water, which is why we have made it our mission to help change that. It takes time, prayer, and research to identify the right locations for new water wells. As we discover a village that could use clean water, we travel there to get to know the people. We cover a lot of ground and spend countless hours on our way to visit the unclean water sources and back again as we search for the ideal spot for the new well. The exciting part comes next. The surveyor confirms that the water is present and then the drilling team is mobilized. Water eventually springs forth. The community's happiness explodes. A realization that sets in and know that God has heard their cry for help. Following the completion of the well and the installation of the custom sign, a celebration praising and thanking God is held. Many come to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Destinies are being changed around the globe. 
one clean water well at a time. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. I love it. Changed lives, changed lives. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, thank you so much for your part in this. I know that it blesses the heart of the Lord when you give so much as even a cup of cold water. And here we're drilling, like I said, every three days, a, a fresh water source in Uganda. God bless you for all that. All right, it's time to bring in Johnny and Low Unfiltered for a Monday morning. Here we go. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Happy Monday, Johnny Enlow. Good to see you. Happy Monday, Steve. Good to see you. I always look forward to Mondays. It's really good because you've always got some really, heavy is not the right word, rich, you know, rich content. But before we get into what you've got for today, um, and it's going to be, in fact, anyone that didn't get, it's going to be called, or it is called, God is short-circuiting the, short-circuiting the Illuminati. So I'm looking forward to that very much so. But you've got... Uh, something to report. What, remember, tell us about the thing with the tooth and the gold tooth, and then we'll show that picture. Well, two weeks ago, I um, I mentioned that when I was blowing the shofar, that many were going to be touched by the Holy Spirit in different ways, and that happened as well. We have hundreds of reports on that, and every time we blow the shofar, people are having really, really significant encounters with the Lord. And some some of you are asking, what does it mean when this happens and all these physical phenomenon. I don't have the answers to all that to begin a a dialogue between you and the Holy Spirit. And so it's just uh, something that marks you as being touched by him in some way. But during that time, I said, I believe at least one person, it's not many. I know one person, they're going to get a gold tooth literally, and and it's not going to be like you're filling, but it's going to be the whole tooth being gold or teeth. And so we did hear back, and I mentioned that a week ago last week. And I said, we'll just call her. Mrs. Smith. And I said, she didn't send me the picture yet. And, um, but she confirms that she did, uh, at that time she began to, uh, shake and laugh and feel the power of the Lord when I blew the shofar and that, um, she had a gold tooth and her husband could confirm it. Well, I think while we're on the program last week, she sent the proof, um, as well. And so we have that. Oh, look at that. So, it's a completely gold tooth if you can um, see how that goes. So she, she took that picture and um, I said, we'd call her Miss Smith. As it turns out, that is her, uh, her name. That's Makes that, makes that convenient. And, you know, interestingly enough, the ways of God, well, two things, even from that picture, you see, it's a cornerstone um, gold tooth and so it's in the corner you know and so it's establishing a foundation there's something parallel with what's taking place or about to take place in process of taking place in world economy as well being um, symbolized by the corner tooth going all gold and um yeah the words the word smith means worker in metal so it's oh really (laughs) so and for anyone that, that, that they're going, well, this is crazy. Why would God do that? We've been, especially in the 90s, God was doing that a lot. 
uh, was it, yeah, that 1990, uh, 1994, am I remembering the dates right? It was when the... Uh, uh, Toronto blessing those years, my single well, year. There were was you know you're thinking of specific times. I'm aware of <clears throat> even when I was ministering years ago in Peru, we saw that happening. Some um, my my brother in law who we had on uh, a while ago, uh, well the video from Peru, yeah. he's seen a lot of a lot of that and uh, renowned miracles with it and kind of. It's always controversial because people ask questions of well, how do we know and this and that and the other. Yeah. And that's why I'm not making the biggest deal about it. But we said, you know, take a picture um, before and after, if possible. And if we remember, we might blow the shofar again at the end, because I think part of it is the Lord's really enjoying doing this. And sometimes by us just showing you the evidence there the testimony comes to life in a new way. And so faith is released. And so that's the purpose of even releasing the picture of that tooth going gold. Cause they can like, what does this have to do with um, the gospel or, or whatever? Well, it's yeah. everything to do with it. He can do, he's the supernatural God and he can do that. And signs and wonders are part of the package of believing in him. And then you have somebody who had a very practical need. They didn't have money to correct and heal that tooth. Uh, and whatever needed to be done. And so if you get a complete covering of gold on it, you assume that um, we now have a tooth that's been repaired in every way that's needed. And we, yeah. we did hear from many, many, many of you that were hoping for uh, the miracles. I really need it. So we know the miracle still needs to be there. And so I'm willing uh, with that as our, we'll say the starter faith for us, if we can remember at the end, if our time allows yeah. Take yeah. blow the shofar and say, hey, open your mouth and receive what he has uh, for you. Be willing to be the sign and wonder. One thing Mrs. We'll just call her without her first name, Mrs. Smith said, I'm willing to be. Uh, I'm doing show and tell everywhere. I don't mind there being a gold nice. tooth there. Yeah. And some of you are like, well, I don't want a gold tooth. I want. Well, then it's not not for you. This is a gold tooth thing. And so you can believe for whatever other way you need. Some of you, you just want the finances for the miracle. You want it to go white or you want it some other thing. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with any of it. But some say, you know what? I don't mind to be a little bit of a living sign and wonder of something that there's no other explanation for other than God had to have come in. Because you can imagine nobody's just going to put a whole complete uh, gold tooth back there um, apart from it being. Uh, supernatural. I say nobody. We just know that's not what happened here. Anyway, yeah. that's just we we're testifying. And and also because there was it's something the Lord showed me and then it was fulfilled. You talk about yeah. a, a prophetic fulfillment of something that we said. And so we want to to uh, acknowledge when we're, we're reporting on something the Lord's saying that it's taking place as well. So anyway, really that's. Good. Yeah, really good. Now, you also wanted to mention uh, Restore 7 and the link and all that. So I want to get that mentioned early on so we can put that in the description. Yeah, comments. we mentioned it very late in the program, and we already know uh, it was thousands, I believe, that already signed up for Restore 7 TV. And so it, uh, it's Restore7.tv. And I just want to ask all of you who can, um, oh, you, first of all, you're going to be blessed out of your socks. There's, I, I can't remember, 35 or 40 uh, presenters of uh, of programs. It's a la Netflix, but it's um, in, in the sense of there's categories, horror, comedy, whatever else. And so think of it 
this time as being categories of, uh, you know, mountain of arts and entertainment, mountain of media, mountain of economy. And so it's more examples of what reformers operating on that mountain, new things. And so you're going to, they're all going to be something fresh and new. And we've heard nothing but great reports from people who have seen it. So um, this is just the front front end uh, end of it. So this is not, um, you know, this is, these are not prophetic presentations. These are, are people uh, doing different things. And you can go just look at restore7.tv uh, and um, and just go and follow. I forget, I don't have the uh, guidelines in, in front of me, but you, uh, it'll, it, you, you go there and instantly it'll tell you, you know, I don't know what it is, send your email and that way they can send you the free, um, there's no charge for it. So it gets yeah. to you free, but you, they have to have a way to get to you. So I think yeah. that's my, how you get email there. And while we're on that, Steve, and just to be done, so we're, we're not trying to do this at the end as well. I was supposed yeah. to have brought this up a long time ago for weeks and months. We were out of our, um, this book, Rise, a Reformer's Handbook to the Seven Mountains, Johnny Elizabeth Enloe. And we now have it, um, we have it in-house, but we also and want to recommend the strongest uh, is for you to purchase it through Amazon. And for those who don't know, I just want to tell you in the back, this is page 146, 147. There is a chart of all charts. Let's see if mm. we can get it close enough. I, it's hard. And so you'll see the seven mountains there and it'll be the seven principalities, the seven archangels, seven faces of God. And really, it's the chart that the whole book's about. And we're not trying to get, um, if you would purchase it, purchase it through Amazon. All you have to do is rise, put Enlo, uh, E-N-L-O-W, and um, it will it will be the top the top one there. And if you could, uh, especially if you haven't read it, get one, but then your review. And your re- again, we don't do things because we just want likes and, and, you know, five-star reviews. It's when that goes up higher then that message will get promoted. And so this is about if you if you believe in the message of reformers influencing society every day, which is what RISE stands for, and the kingdom of God being activated through sons and daughters in the marketplace, because it's about the call to the nine to five world, Monday through Friday, as well as what we've traditionally thought of, you know, hey, yes, we want to keep having good meetings on Sunday and weeknights or whatever. That's traditionally where we think of things like revival and the church advancing, but there is a manifestation of the kingdom through the 100% through all sons and daughters of the king. We believe what you'll hear me saying over and over is that if you're a child of the king, uh, you are called not to live a secular life. You are called to live one that is ministerial, ministerial, not necessarily in the way you've thought of it before, not necessarily the preacher behind the pulpit, but he has a design for you to show up on what is one of the seven mountains. So that's media, economy, government, education, family, arts, and entertainment, as well as a mountain of religion. I don't know if I did seven there, but there are seven of them. And so that book really um, will facilitate your understanding, advance it to the next level, connect you to a community, uh, a, a rise global community where there's people trying to uh, see how to do it in their, yeah. in their nation, in their city. So this is it's not about growing our ministries, about you connecting to uh, like minded people in the body of Christ. And so that's that's our interest in this message advancing because it's an activation uh, tool for the body of Christ where we can practically become the salt and light of the world. So 
Um, good. We All right. Wanted you to be aware of that. So Amazon, then leave a review, and that will be awesome. All right. All right. Well, that's um, and right before we get started on our main topic here, uh, Steve. Also, just left over from last week, um, where towards the end of the program, Steve, we were talking just about pastors and and abuse and spiritual abuse and yeah and all right <clears throat> how uh, the lord is dealing with that and there's much more to be exposed and just a couple of comments um related related to that and um just that we have heard and so for those of you who have some of you have sent it personally to our restore seven email and some of you have released it through the comments, some of through the comments on Rumble in different ways. But there's different ones of you telling of your own experience and experiences. And I thought about reading one. I won't. I'll just tell. But it really touched. I read it to Elizabeth and she was like, oh, my goodness. Mm. And it was a lady in her 70s. And she uh, told her story about how she was both groomed and then. Mm. Um, sexually taken advantage of by a pastor and um then you know whatever maybe 50 50 years ago and she just it was important for her because she said i've never told a soul really since, since it was over and she's not felt like there was a place in the body of christ to be able to have that conversation and so she was just appreciating that nothing more she needed done she just wanted to say that so um if you're listening wow. again, I won't be probably won't be emailing you personally, but just say thank you for your courage and your boldness. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we 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 appreciate that. Been hearing from others as well. And so, again, we found out the first time we talked about the Steve, I think it was a couple of years ago, we mentioned this and there were yeah. ended up being scores of cases. Yeah. And so that's when I realized I wouldn't be able to get into addressing them. It would be a full time, uh, full time assignment. And there was a question you asked uh, last week as well, Steve. You're like, could it be 30 or 40 or 40 or 50? Yeah, I did. Or churches, what you're talking about? And I said, oh, no, it's going to be much more. <clears throat> so I've also heard from many who's like, oh, no, how are we going to handle that? Well, let me just help give a little perspective on that so it doesn't okay. sound so daunting. Um, so there are an estimated 400,000 churches in America. Just process that for a minute. 400,000. So if we talked about 40 or 50 pastors out of that group, we'll say being sexually immoral, not just in regular, you know, there's something about being sexually immoral. And then there's when you're actually grooming and spiritually setting up people in that kind of way. And so, that's why it's going to be way more than 40 or 50, because if there are 400,000 churches, you're looking at a minimum of 400,000 pastors. And so uh, we also hear that every every year there are 15,000 pastors that resign or quit. Either they're forced to quit because of immorality or they resign, they're burnt out. So that's and again, it seems like, oh, my goodness, like. We're in crisis mode, but if it's 15,000 pastors, that means 385,000 pastors didn't quit. And so um, that's just, again, perspective. Yeah. It's, not, it's not as horrific 
as it sounds. And so cleanup has to come. And then just something else uh, to balance it. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. You know, it can be easy to start thinking that what what happens in the mega churches defines Christianity. It does not. And I actually did a little, I, I knew more or less the numbers, but I did a, a, a kind of a, I'll say deep dive research just to get confirmed I was on the right track. And only a half a percent of all churches in America are mega churches. And by mega, by mega church, that means um, Sunday or we- a weekly meeting has 2000 or more members. So that's a half a percent means 99 and a half percent of all churches are not the mega churches. Oh, that's so, a good perspective, isn't it? Yeah. That's there's a, a, yeah. See, that is yeah. a, a better perspective. And then, so there's like of the, we'll put it the Joel Osteen, Rick Warren, uh, I don't know, Andy Stanley caliber um, churches. The, they, they have a, uh, the super mega churches. There's something over 10,000 members and, and those that, that are in that niche there is um, 0.1% um, of all the churches in America are that. And so there are a total of, let's see where I had that written. There's a total of 700,000 Americans attend weekly in, um, in, in those meetings. So yeah. 700,000 total in, we'll say, the mega church caliber that where it has the famous names that we would all know. And, and so again, it tells us 99.9% are not of Christianity is not really that. And so we don't want to, um, again, I have to remind myself that when I, when I begin to investigate and hear too much and hear back too much from that camp, that that camp, uh, you could think 90% of America's mega churches and there's only 10% of the other. No, no, no. It's it's not even the other way around. It's an entirely um, uh, different story. And in that, a couple more things, uh, Steve. Yeah, I mean, but your point there is is really well taken. And this is I'm, you're you're good at perspective because when you said many more than fifty, I'm thinking, oh, this is overwhelming, overwhelming. Well, it is if you're in the middle of it, I suppose. But you're saying the vast majority of churches are not going through this i guess if i'm saying that right yes that and and we're not also saying that it's only the problem is only in the mega churches the problem of immorality and compromise but they are the ones simultaneously most targeted by the enemy because they represent a lot of people and they're kind of the media faces of christianity and they're the most targeted we'll say by deep state by compromise they will have the ones I just will tell you that's going to come out at some time. Our mega pastors are targeted, probably without exception of the ultra mega. They are targeted and they're targeted. They look for some level of compromise that they have evidence of. And then they use that as a hold on them to demand of them more things. And so. There is, that's going to come out, but it really does not define Christianity. It is something that's happened happening. 
at that level. For instance, th this was uh, kind of a surprise to me, Steve. I think you'll find it interesting as well that the app, there are 177,000 churches in America that average 60 worshipers. Oh, wow. So, it's very small. Yeah. And so they represent 10 and a half million people. Well, and and so that just that group of churches will say average size 60, um, they represent uh, far more than all the mega church categories put together. The mega churches put together above 2000 on, they represent around 3 million people. And so just the churches where the average uh, is 60, they're, they're triple in numbers, um, oh, wow. that group. And so, and then if you go, uh, there's, a, I'll just say a couple of them, 105,000 churches that average 100 to 499 members. So, and that's, and that's, that covers 30 million more believers mm. in the groups of churches up to 500. And, but one of the most um, interesting numbers comes from the fast growing house church movement home and house church. And there are, I looked at best I could, it's hard to get the numbers because those in the movement like to fluff up the numbers and those that are anti the movement or try to, you know, war against it by saying it's less than it is. But based on a sociologist report and really several of them, um, there are about one and a half million home churches, house churches in America, wow. one and a half million. And if now think about that. If there's just 20 and it's really hard for them to come up with hard, you know, uh, real clear numbers on it. But if only 20 per house church, that would be 30 million people. Really? Wow. And, and that would be more than all the 177,000 churches. Wow. Uh, plus all the mega churches. Yeah. So that's huge. And if there's we'll say say if there is 30 people per house church, that would be 45 million people. So when we're talking about mega church things and famous Christian things and famous church things, we, we want to understand we really are talking about the periphery as far as numbers, as far as influence and, you know, the best-selling books and the ones that, again, because they do make deals with deep state individuals where they're allowed to advance they're given money and they're given openings that aren't given. They, they can, we can obsess with them um, more, more than uh, need be. Might as well throw in uh, good news. I, again, in these reports is that China has 10 million house churches. Well, and with an, again, if it's 20 people per, that's 200 million if there's 25, that's 250 million, which would at that point kind of exceed even the number of Christians in America, Christians that are meeting. Wow. And wow. so, and that's not to be forgotten in the overall picture of what God's doing to intervene on planet Earth. Yeah. And actually, we're, you know, we're, we're conditioned to think China's the enemy on all kinds of fronts because of everything they're doing. But we have to understand not all China is China. There is, mm. we have, uh, probably 200 to 250 million fellow believers in China 
in general, much more dedicated in their worship of the Lord than us as well. Not to forget that. And a place like India has um, India has four million um, house home churches that have developed. So there's a just a whole other other way of thinking and processing. So don't be distressed because I was hearing from many that were like, oh, that distresses has burdened me so bad to hear yeah. that the whole churches were going to be embarrassed by this and that. You know, well, there, there might be some embarrassment, but perspective. All the mega churches put together, the category from 2000 on up, add up to one half of 1% of all of this. That's just in the United States. Of is all it one half of 1% of total church <laughs> attendance or is that the a way total number of churches? Total number of churches. Okay. But even in attendance, it is, um, uh, again, it's not even a, a seventh of, not even one seventh of what home churches are drawing. Okay. okay. And so, and of the total, I haven't figured out what the total is, but if it's one seventh, even of what are meeting in homes, like people, those of you in a house church movement, you haven't thought of that, but you far exceed, far, far exceed the numbers of those that meet in mega churches. It's interesting. And, you know, I used to live in Bible Belt, you know, Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, and you drive, there's a church in every corner, and it's a huge church on every corner in Dallas, Texas. So you'd kind of tend to think that's where the majority of the people are on Sunday mornings, but you're saying when put across the board, not so, right? No, and and the trend is going that way. Um Mega church, even those who say a mega church is their church, they have dropped from uh, 95% who attend regularly to like 59% who attend regularly. It's dropping. So you find, um, and we're not trying to glorify the house church as opposed to the mega church. Um, there is the two small problems as well mm. as the two large problems. And, and, um, and so the enemy. By the way, just give me a line. What do you mean, too small? Problem? Are there is there such a thing? Is too small? Yes. So, it, part of too small is there's no program for our kids. We can't bring I our see. kids here. Got it. And and then there's like not practical. We don't even have enough room to sit. Uh, yeah. There or we have too many people for where we're trying to uh, meet. And then you still find. You know, say the downside of uh, a mega church is well, you can hide there. Nobody knows you. There's no relationship. Even though more and more mega churches are doing a better job of creating small, uh, small group, uh, uh, you know, structures, and so right. they they've made a huge adjustment in that in the last ten years, and they're they're doing a much much better job. But in small church, um, there's the people who don't don't like all that. There's too much. Um, knowing of each other, and there's, yeah, oh. you wanna... <laughs> I've been there. I mean, you've been, been there, there. I've been there. Well, you know, back in the vineyard movement, especially the early days, if you're if you were ever part of a church, but I was part of a couple of them, you know, everybody is so committed, and you have to commit. Then there was no time off, and you can feel like everybody's in your business, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see. I get it. <laughs> so, there's fellowship and communion, there's people like, I know, no, I feel alone. And so that's one side. And then the other side yeah. is like, I feel like I have no privacy at all. Yeah. And so depending on the nature of 
of, of that. And we'll talk yeah. maybe another time, go into kind of a healthy church dynamic looks like, whether it's in a, a mega or whether it's in a, in a very tiny. Yeah. And I'll just give the one, this would be the, we'll say the, the free point um, right now is, you know, it's going to be bad. If you have a narcissist, if you have a leader of a church, church, whether he's the point person in a house church or whether he's the senior pastor, if he's a narcissist, mm. and I, know, I know that's subject to interpretation as well. But if he is, then everything below that in the church is not going to be so what good. And and mm. that whether you're in a tiny church or a big church. Mm. And so that's that's just a, a starting a starting point there. So anyway, it's interesting. They call these the home the the home church people. They call them the Dunners, um, D O N E R S. <clears throat> they're done with church, and so <laughs> yeah, they're 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 meeting, and so that's that's happening. And we find out some people need to do that for a while. They've been in this the 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 mega, and they run into the uh, unhealthy dynamics there, and they need the uh, small church for a season. And then if it's a healthy enough small church, you can stay there longer. Then after, or, and then, you know, you find out, wow, um, I may have capped out my growing um, here um, as well. So anyway, everything in the advancement of the kingdom of God advances imperfectly from the very beginning, from Acts yeah, 2, that's you, know, you know, they had, they were, had severe fights taking place by, within a chapter two of Acts two, the Holy Spirit uh, coming and, you know, the deacons had to be called in and the widow's not properly taken care of. And so, listen, the body of Christ moves forward. It's always got that. You know, I think of, we, we were members of Greg Laurie's church before we knew Greg would be in a movie one day. It was just, we, that's where we went. And it was hit. And the, the thing that was beautiful about it is nobody knew us and we could worship. That was great. Nobody knew us. And then after about two years, we're going, nobody knows us. <laughs> and the very thing that you love, now you kind of realize we got to have something more than this because nobody knows us. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly, that's yeah. exactly that. But so anyway, for those of you who are overly distressed about what we we're talking about, the cleanup coming into the household of God, house of God and leaders and accountability, um, Again, we had more of those discussions the last two weeks, and and they're still valid. And and even for myself, I get into it too much, and I hear from too much. It starts disturbing me. And so, objectivity comes when the Lord pulls you out a little bit, and says, "Hey, just just to remind you, here's here's a little bit bigger picture of what's That's what's good. happening." And so, uh, whatever happens on the famous Christian, um. Uh, Frontline in the coming days, it it doesn't mean that that's that's something that you know marks all of Christian. Well, it might mark all of Christianity if you let it, and I'm sure there's uh, embarrassment and things like that. But it's a, it's a word, um, uh, you know, the, the Lord will be speaking through that. There's a word He'll be speaking. There is a fear of the Lord. He is wanting to restore at every level of the church in a proper, not a religious spirit kind of thing but where there is at least because what we find what we're hearing of these these leaders of, of mega churches is that's the question everybody asks me is like where is the fear of the lord mm. what, how can they just do this 
and and that is yeah. what happens. There's when we again we talked about that a little bit last last week. So oh, anyway, oh, that's true. just uh, it took a little longer than I was going to, but I think it's uh, is worth it. Just to encourage well, the, those. the whole perspective. That, that's really helpful, John. Thank you for doing it because we need to know perspective. You got to have perspective in this stuff, and that was really helpful. That was really good. So let's go. Even what the Lord is telling us, then that's the theme of today. God is short-circuiting the Illuminati. And yeah. so in that, I'm going to hit some details. And and um, I think they're basically unarguable, but um, often we find out nothing's unarguable. Yeah. <laughs> some, Depends so on how bad you want to argue, right? <laughs> yes. I feel like there was one or two things we were going to clarify from last week, Steve, but I can't remember what, what yeah. they were. I was going to say, okay, maybe somebody said you shouldn't have said that. I was like, okay, whatever. You can have it. There's some, some, and I can't remember what it is right now, but um, we cover so many bases. So here's the detail. So the Illuminati was founded mm-hmm. by a man named Adam Weishaupt, W E I S. H-A-U-P-T, Adam Weishaupt, and it was founded May 1st, 1776. This is not when he was born. Really? 1776, huh? Okay. So that was good you picked that up quickly, Steve, because it's like, what else was going on there? We have July 4th, 1776, independence, um, the Declaration of Independence. So we're looking at the timing of the Illuminati, and people try to figure out how does Illuminati and Freemasonry work? Well, Freemasonry precedes Illuminati, and Freemasonry was a secret society, but it and it had already, again, whatever sinister connotation just being a secret society has, but there is no doubt that Adam Weishaupt, as Illuminati founder, we'll tell you a little bit more about him, he actually became a, a Freemason. Uh, I believe sworn in in 1777, just the next year. So he wasn't one before then, but he decided to use, to infiltrate and use Freemasonry to recruit for his master plan that he had. So this mm-hmm. is how they <clears throat> they work together. So Adam Weishaupt was a uh, he was a Jesuit. He was a Jesuit. It's another okay. thing. A Jesuit law professor. And um, and by that you see that's a Catholic that's a Catholic deal right a Jesuit so he was a practicing a, Catholic is that what you're saying? Besides, well, the Jesuits were not just Catholic; they were an activist branch that okay. is also secret society in its origin. And okay. what specifically took place at that time? Uh, Adam was mad that the Pope disbanded the Jesuit order. So they were controversial in how they and the power that they wielded, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And again, of I believe since that time, the first Jesuit pope has been Pope Francis. So, oh, people, oh really? He's the first one? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, he's either okay. the first one or the first one in a long, long, long time, long enough that they'll either say the first one in the century. Again, one of those details, somebody will say, no, he's not actually the very first one but he keeps being listed as the first one. And I think he is the first one that actually made it. So it's something that a Pope disbands Jesuits and you now have a Pope who, who is? is a Jesuit. Hmm. So that's um, how things have, have shifted. So what 
uh, Adam Weishaupt, his revenge was planning and executing the French Revolution. So oh. that's a oh. big deal. That's and that took place deal. 1789, 1793. And if you just go again, there's a long story into that. So this, the Illuminati founder, again, uh, so you can uh, follow as best you can. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. He is upset that the power that they could exert was curbed by the Pope. And so uh, and his order was disbanded. And so the revenge was planning and executing the French uh, Revolution. Not going to tell you all the ins and outs of of that. And um, and of interest, you know, there are the Washington letters, George Washington, because some have noted that George Washington is a Mason and he's all the Mason in the pictures, all the Masonic garb gear, everything is there. But you have to know when he was a, a Mason and Masonic and all that, it preceded the Illuminati packaging with Freemasonry was and, was Freemasonry in in George Washington's day less pervasive or less evil, if you could put it in those terms. Well, it seems. I mean, they even they had Masonic Bibles that they would give Christians, and and um, I won't say in his day. I'm not sure when it was, but you can see the picture. They have they had a stairway. You could approach it from both sides. A stairway up to 32nd um, degree Mason, and and so this was something they. In their Bible, so they'd have a Christian Bible, and this is how you advance through all these orders, mm. and um, and so it was something. Um, in that way, it's it was a unique mark, we'll say, of a secret society. That a secret society, but yet you're putting in Bibles and Bibles that you're giving to believers. So they were recruited in some way, and so that's why till this day there are people who would say how oh, it's not that bad of a deal, but the but. Freemasonry, there was an aspect of it that was always wrong of mm. the secret society. Don't have time for that right now. And um, but it, then it got co-opted. It got think of it as being hijacked by the Illuminati. Okay. So once it's hijacked by the Illuminati, it serves at the highest level the purposes of the Illuminati. And they will always, you know, we'll say the evil secret societies will always at the lower level um, not they, they want good people and good people who don't know everything that's going on. And that's how they get the mass. And then at the top is where they're, where they're making the plans. And so what I was going to say, George Washington was warned. There are the Washington letters where he was warned. Somebody was telling him specifically about what, what Adam Weishaupt and that he was starting this thing called the Illuminati and that in that the goals of it were to eliminate world religion. There's a there's a way where you say we want there to be peace. And so we're eliminating world religion. Um, but uh, it it was much more than that. We won't we won't take the time uh, to, to go there. So uh, and and so George Washington, there, there's these letters back and forth between a leader um and and George Washington. So he was aware of it and being warned of it. And, um, you know, if you hear about it, Thomas Jefferson spoke um, semi warmly of Adam Weishaupt. He's just like, well, he seems that he's um, 
I don't know, entertaining philanthropists or something mm-hmm. like that, he called them, but he didn't really uh, know him. Well, but let's move on. So Adam died in 1830, and next in line was Giuseppe Mazzini, and he mentored Albert Pike. So this is where it gets to the important part. Part Albert Pike is big, big deal, big known. The Masonic Illuminati movement more resonates with him as the big name, we'll say, I I believe, than Adam Weishaupt. And um, Albert Pike was different about him. He was an avowed Luciferian. So Adam Weishaupt, we're not sure exactly. You mean he openly, purposely worshipped Lucifer? Yes. When you say, okay, so everyone knows what that means. But and but he was mentored by the man who followed Adam Weishaupt as leader of the founder of the Illuminati. And so um, Albert Pike launched a plan, to, again, for everybody to keep track. Pike comes from Adam Weishaupt. It's Illuminati leadership. And so he's now the leader of the Illuminati, but an avowed Luciferian. He launched, launched a plan to promote Lucifer, Luciferianism. And specifically by causing disillusionment with other religions. So that was the strategy was how do we get people disillusioned with the religions that they have so they'll be open to Luciferianism. Hmm. And Luciferianism, that's ultimately Illuminati, Illumination. He's, you know, Lucifer in Spanish, it comes out easier. Light is loose and Illumination and Luciferian. It's all about enlightenment and all that kind of stuff. So out of it, and this is where it takes us to an important part in this discussion. Um, Albert Pike, the Luciferian leader of the Illuminati, in 1871, and we'll get back and make a note just on that. Yeah, right there. Okay. Right there, you picked it up again. He set up a strategy. Well, he he wrote a letter in 1871, basically for his followers on three world wars that were to take place. Mm. And um, and they were set up as strategy. And so we do want to notice, especially we're going to get into the fact of these three world wars. We've had two of them. And some, I, I've been getting people asking me about Albert Pike's three wars, and it looks like we're following him, you know, to the letter of the T, T of the letter, T, you know, to the letter of the law. What are that yeah. And um, and so uh, to the T, we'll mix up to the letter of the law and to the T and we'll put it there. But um, it, this happened in 1871 and it doesn't share how it coordinated with. But we understand that United States ceased to be a republic in 1871 because of war debts. We were sold over uh, essentially to the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds who were connected. It's you connect Kazarian mafia, Illuminati. Luciferianism, these things all began to be connected. And it's just interesting. You know, because Grant's the one that helped sign that over. Was he himself a Luciferian? Is it known? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that. I know there's a part of it from a pragmatic approach. Governmental leaders like, well, we're bankrupt and they were bankrupt. And so we need it out. And so we can't tell the people what the out is. And so whether it was sinister or they thought it was pragmatic and that they were going to take care of it later somehow or whatever. It's a possibility. I have not done the deep dive on, on Grant um, himself. And so, but we'll just say a strategy to create three world wars, but I want us to hear 
what the three strat. This is again 1871, the same time where U.S. lost its sovereignty that President Trump has brought back and will be showcased before the people. Because wow. remember, the title yeah. of this is "We're not praising the enemy what he's done." Where this has to go before we're done. So if this part's depressing you, remember to stay to the end. It's how God is short-circuiting the Illuminati. And good, good, good. But here are Albert Pike's um, three points to three wars that he called for. And to remind you, this Illuminati group was already powerful enough to execute a French revolution, plus many more things, and really been involved in all war wars um, since mm-hmm. then. Um, in in a key way. So he wrote, again, this is a letter and um, and it basically accepted as a legitimate, genuine letter. Some, the ones that challenged for those you say, no, that's been challenged. Well, it was even addressed um, as somebody said, you know, it was addressed on the side, even in 1890 about these, this, uh, these, this letter from, Albert Pike and was it legitimate or not? And there was even a comedian that began telling using it as part of his humor back in 1890. But here's the deal. Um, whoever it was, they have executed that plan to perfection mm. in what the intent is. And so um, it seems like it's been very, very intentional, legitimate. World War One. Um, the strategy was and this is what he wrote. Essentially, I'm not uh, reading it verbatim, but. World War One was to be the first war. He just he didn't call it World War One. He called it the first war was to be brought about to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the Russian czars and to make Russia a fortress of atheist communism, which could then be built and used to destroy other governments and in order to weaken the religions of the world. Mm. Now, for those who understand history. And give you a timetable. World War One. Again, he wrote this 1871. So World War One started in 1914, 1914, 1918. So you're looking 40, 50 years um, after that, that we have the Bolshevik Revolution, 1917 through 1923, where Lenin comes in, and it was not a revolution of the people at all. And Levin, uh, Lenin comes in and the czars and their families and and the whole uh, czarian, uh, any chance of it continuing was eliminated, seemingly, at that point. So they're destroyed. And and literally the Bolshevik Revolution starts in February of, of that year, 1917. And by November, they're fully in power. Back to what was the plan? The first war was to be, again, there's like overlap. The Bolshevik Revolution, 1917-1923, World War I, 1914-1918. These things are happening at the same time for what else is happening at the same time. Spanish flu, 1918, and and through sinister means, um, similar to what they have tried now, the vaccination actually was killing the millions it wasn't the flu that was killing the millions is that and, true that's 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 true i didn't know that yeah wow um and so uh, best uh, best we can tell a lot of evidence for that so we see them going after the same thing weakening the nations depopulating and actually accomplishing 
for those who don't know what I mentioned, it was to overthrow the Russian czars. That's what they did in that timetable right around World War I and make Russia a fortress of atheist communism. I can just tell you, grew up being in first grade, second grade, third grade. That's that's the what we knew, the reputation of Russia. It is the source of atheistic communism, yeah. source of all evil in the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and it was used to destroy other governments. Other nations were eliminated. And so it became the Soviet Union <clears throat> in those days. And so that happened. We'll go to World War, the Second World War again. Albert Pike said, this is the plan, three world wars. There's a specific purpose to everyone. So, and he was counting on his Illuminati agents to be the ones that foment, that work behind the scenes to make these wars happen and for them to infiltrate on both sides and do this. World War II, he said, to be brought about through a clash of fascism and political Zionists. Now, just say quickly, political Zionists would be those that believe the state of Israel needed to be set back, set up. And but this is Albert Pike, the Luciferian that's telling this plan. Hmm. Uh, The purpose is that official Nazism be destroyed and political Zionism be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel and Palestine. I just have Hmm. to let that's a little bit of a bomb. Let, Let that settle in. So you're saying the plan before the war itself was to to create a state of Israel? That this, it is the head of the Illuminati that wanted there to be a sovereign state of Israel and Palestine. Because we've assumed the only one that wants that um, is the Lord. Well, right, and and we we assumed. I thought we they, they were so mistreated during World War II that out of deference to the to Israel, who had suffered so greatly, they gave them their land back. That's that's the way we I understood it. Right. We'll just tell you this is just um, we're not telling from the Lord's standpoint what He's doing yet, but we're just yeah. telling you the the purpose of World War II. Albert Pike wrote about 1871 and he wanted his Illuminati people to be part of fomenting this and making it happen. And it seemed like they did what was that official Nazism be destroyed and that political Zionism be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel and Palestine during world war II, international communism must become strong enough to balance Christianity. This Mm. is part of Albert Pike's plan. Um, Think of North and South Korea, where you have, you know, it gets stopped. Communism halfway through a nation at the time or East and West Germany. um, There's communism gets stopped. So he wanted there to be for international communism to have gone far enough outside of the Soviet Union that it balances Christianity. And Mm. listen to this part which would be then restrained and held in, in check until the time we need it for social cataclysm. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. When, when you think of how, how planned that is. So based on what I'm telling you, Albert Pike's 1871 vision, uh, not a vision of supernatural vision. This is straight out planning. 
planning on how to socially engineer the world towards Luciferianism through planned steps, diabolical, demonic steps. And it was known that he was very much in the occult and connected diabolically. And there's all kinds of the practices we would uh, connect with bloodletting and all that uh, human death and trafficking and sex trade and all that was that's part of the picture there as well but we want to see that w- the first two world wars world war one world war two accomplished exactly the two objectives that he wrote about in 1871 so that's why people are concerned the ones that look into this and we're yeah. so we're doing what we're doing we're not just telling, yeah the lord's strong and mighty he's going to take out um, Illuminati and he's greater than that and you know I've done those things uh, too and it's true but we're actually going to look at this thing right in the face up close and say how bad and horrible it is and still tell you how God is one-upping it in a big way. World War III so his was his plan written 1871 World War III to be brought about by Illuminati agents fomenting war between political Zionists and leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. With the church, with Christians feeding and fanning the flame, assuming, and they would be motivated by their perspectives on a coming rapture, or, and it connected with Israel, their view on how Israel was going to be the biblical standard of Israel. And so this was why he needed to keep the Christians around in order for them to fan this flame that would destroy state of Israel and destroy the Muslim Arabic world, Islam. So if you don't know what's going on right now, there's like 15 warships um, in the Mediterranean, most ever since 1945. And there is all kinds of um, statements coming from all kinds of nations. And the enemy is clearly trying to make this go into a world war. You can see this is what the enemy is trying to do for there to be a fulfillment of what Albert Pike was saying and how the church would be, um, uh, again, key in fomenting this war and, and assuming that this heads like the more this battle goes on, they secretly don't want the battle to end because that means the rapture is going to delay more. And if they can fast forward it more than Israel becoming who she's supposed to be somehow happens with it. So I know making a lot of or some of you uncomfortable hearing how pronounced the plan was and how well they've affected it. But stay with us. Um. So the rest of what he wrote, 1871, meanwhile, world nations on one side or the other would divide, fight, wear down physically, morally, spiritually, and economically. That the whole Mm -hmm. world would have to pick sides and be worn down in the process. And it would ultimately lead to disillusionment with Christianity, which would then, in his view, because he's a Luciferian, they would turn to Lucifer. They would turn to Luciferian. They would be, they would on the one hand have experienced such brutality and savagery that the world 
that this was part of what was supposed to be showcased in these battles is such brutality and savagery that there is the world recoils from that and goes in the other uh, direction and that there would be a turning away from Christianity because there's so much despondency among Christians because neither the rapture nor Israel as told biblically was evidenced. And so the compass was lost. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. So it's important we talk about this right now, because literally this is what's going on right now. And but we're going to tell now from the perspective of how God has been short circuiting and is short circuiting is uh, this and how it's not going to go in this direction. And even where it seemed like it was going completely in the direction of these who have considered themselves those who rule the nations, the Lord has been at work and and, and in similar ways the storyline of our eyes are on what's going on in the mega churches and the famous Christians and the Lord is doing stuff, uh, you know, a hundred thousand times more powerful in other settings, uh, even of the church than what's taking place. <clears throat> Just on a side note, it's like I got a thing this morning. My friend Britt Hancock, Britt and, Britt and Audrey Hancock are doing these amazing um, uh, crusades in Nicaragua and he was showing me, Last night, they had 200,000 people in Managua. Really? Uh, and they're doing a total of 17, I believe, crusades in, in Nicaragua. And the Lord used us to make that connection initially. And then it's uh, one of those awesome things that's taking taking place. The whole nation is being affected in a, in a, in a big way. Okay, so but we got to get the God part here. So I want to tell you, um, that first of all, if people get it, this is this and all three of the wars were wars with a religious intent. They're either religious wars or wars with a religious intent. Albert Pike did not want people to become atheist. He was going to use atheism and he wanted communist atheism. We thought that was the enemy for a long time. It's a tool. His whole it's very religious. And the deep state at the high end, the high level, the 32 and 33 third degree may Masons. It is religious. It is. That's why part of their religious exercise, part of their worship is doing the dastardly things that we saw Elijah go up against with the prophets of Baal in first Kings 17, when they would cut themselves as their their custom. And and there was ritual homosexuality and ritual bloodletting and uh, um, and sacrificing of children was part of you know, Baal worship, Molech and all that kind of stuff. And so it's it's religion. It's it's not it, it is not atheism versus mm. those who truly worship God. It's the religion, it's, but the religion of worshiping Lucifer is what you're saying. The religion of worshiping Lucifer, which is what the Illuminati is. Yeah. And again, this has managed to dominate Hollywood to the point where we'll say, you know, it, there's it, it's either an, an impossibility or a virtual impossibility to become an A-list actor, director, producer of anything without having bowed to the Illuminati in some official um, uh, way. So, but this is just quickly how God has been short, and we look at our timing, how God has been short-circuiting that plan. And and he's been all along, he's been at work, you know, God at work. And we'll see, and we'll just pick it up starting the early 1900s. 
um, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We know about Azusa Street Revival, and there's various, the Welsh Revival and various revivals that began to come about in the early 1900s. And it was a release of the Holy Spirit. And, and really, the world has been a different place since that time. Uh, Christianity has exploded in numbers, but it's exploded as messed up and quote as we are now. It is such an improved version of what it used to be because uh, I'll give the progression uh, of it. Really, would just say that the Holy Spirit and the identification originally was, and we spoke in tongues and they spoke in tongues. Speaking in tongues was the first big sign of it all. And then there was a progressive release of the Holy Holy Spirit, so that by the 1940s, it wasn't just this Pentecostal charismatic movement was just not just known by tongues, but it was by healing. There's the whole healing revival, and there were there was a time in America in the 40s that there would be you might be a hundred uh, evangelist uh, healing evangelists in their tents at the same on the same night all across oh, wow. the nation. And people, many people aren't, aren't aware of that. And then we explode into the 1970s um, where the gifts of the Holy Spirit, kind of the charismatic movement uh, really kicked off. It would be called Pentecostal more before then and then charismatic, which was about the charismas, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So not only does he want you to speak in tongues, not only want, want to heal you, but all the nine gifts of the Spirit mentioned in Corinthians, they are for believers today. And so that began to be uh, something that grew. And then 1980s, uh, progressive restoration in some level. Again, the, the restoration has always been messy and imperfect of everything. Yeah. Very beginning. The fivefold, the fivefold um, uh, uh, ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Um, who did I forget? Apostles, prophets, prophets pastors, evangelists. teachers, evangelists. Yeah, there we got I five. think you got it. <clears throat> I said them in so fast, I think. So, and then we'll say what be, and for me, I'll say 2008, um, really it's 2006 where the Lord began, where he gave me my portion of the seven mountain uh, revelation. So people know uh, that theme had been identified with seven mountains by um, Bill Bright of Campus Crusade and by Lauren Cunningham of YWAM. And I didn't know about it at all. And I really, even when the Lord, because it was one night in August 2006, where it, um, or was it, yeah, I think it was 2005, 2006, August. I know it was in August. The Lord um, said, Johnny, I'm going to show you what you've been asking me for. And he began to show me this seven mountain reveal, seven mountain message, just like the children of Israel had seven enemy nations, the Hittites, Jebusites, Girgashites, et cetera, mm. seven enemy nations. So there are seven enemy nations where you have promised land, and this is where you step into being transformers of society, mm. where you're not just getting people saved, but actually society is reformed. And so that's where he went to the seven areas we identified earlier, media, economy, government, education, family, arts, entertainment, as well as the mountain of religion. And so the Holy Spirit began speaking um, uh, that to me, and and we would look at it now just being an expansion of the kingdom message, because that's uh, that's what it is. We, we would call the word kingdom has been used all along. But kingdom at one time just meant people got saved. Then kingdom meant, well, healing is there as well. Then kingdom meant, well, people get prophetic uh, messages as well. Then, well, kingdom is for all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
And, but we still had everything kind of put into weekends and nights, our free time. Mm. The kingdom showed up in our free time. That's what I call even traditional revival is where the kingdom of God shows up in our free time. Mm. What the Seven Mountain Message is, is where the kingdom of God shows up in the nine to five world, in every area of society, that the kingdom of God was not just designed to show up in our free time. It was designed to show up in our intentional time. And it wasn't supposed to just be carried by the three percenters, the traditional ministries. But it was to be carried by 100 percent that if you're called to the mountain of uh, government, if you're called to the mountain of arts, entertainment, the mountain of media, economy, et cetera, et cetera, all these seven mountains. You are, in fact, an ordained minister by him. You're designed to be one who carries anointing presence solutions. So we'll see. I'm tying this all into what God's been doing all along to counter the yeah. takeover attempt by the Illuminati and to bring forth what they've been what they've been doing. And so then part of his plan, and this is stuff that, um, you know, we have some that have been telling us more about it. I think Andrew Whalen's dreams have been very important. He's not the only one that's been telling of this. I've been telling you without it being from, well, there's a couple encounters I, I had that, I, that I've shared. But part of, because how is the Lord, the question is, how is God short-circuiting right. the enemy's plan in the midst of this? And um there have been, and the Lord spoke that again to me as I was writing the notes. He's like, believe me, there have been true intercessors and true prophets. And just like it's easy to think that everything's only happening in the known world among the famous, it says there are unknown intercessors, unknown prophets. Um, and we know some of that through what we heard from both his praying medic, but in Andrew Whalen, this Mr. Miyagi character wasn't mm. what his name was, but he looked like Mr. Miyagi. And he identified as having been working with the Patriots, we'll say military white hats for some time and that there are others. And, and the Lord says for decades, he's had true intercessors, true prophets. And this whole Q plan, the Q plan is a real plan. The Q plan is something connected to God. It's connected even Q when he would re reveal, he would tell, pray, and he would say, put on the whole armor of God. Uh, and so that was that was input that was coming in even through intercessors and prophets that this thing had to be waged at a spiritual level as well. On those Q posts, are you saying the, the literal Q posts, they had some of those like put on the whole armor of God? Those were in there? Multiple times. Okay, cool. Multiple times. He would put Ephesians 6 and put it and says, don't forget. And then he would say over and over, this is a battle between good and evil. Good. This is not. Republican versus Democrat. This is not left versus right. Yeah. This is not this versus this is sheer. And he would tell the more that this comes out, you're going to understand this is Lucifer versus God. And, and this is what this program is about as well. We're telling you, yeah, Lucifer has laid out a plan, just like he laid out a plan for Jesus to be put on the cross. And then he found yeah. out his ex excellently executed plan not just backfired, but was actually the very source of his losing forever because of what Jesus did on the cross. But so there is this want people to understand it. I assume, well, it's already come out in some measure. It'll come out more. We have had um, godly men and intercessors and prophets, real prophets, real intercessors, not because they have a huge following, not because they have a lot of prophetic smoke not because they have a lot of likes, not because they can manipulate media, real things 
And they've been there actually for decades in some capacity or another. And somebody will give testimony uh, to that. Somebody wants to tell me about that. Well, I think there's George Mueller and then there's Reese Howell's Man of Prayer where he would fight world wars on his knees, right? You're talking about that kind of thing that's been going on where these world wars are actually being stood against by sometimes sole individuals in their prayer closet. I, I don't know if that overstates or is that really happening? It's not just that it happens as well. More of it happens there. More of it and happens there. It, this parallel to the conversation from earlier. We're focused on mega churches, half percent. We're ignoring small churches and home churches. And we're looking at a much larger group of people and influence uh, cap- capability there as well. We're often looking at at the wrong things. There's a need to look again, see where God is actually at work and been at work. And yeah. you see, even biblically, it's it's it was usually, um, you know, he became famous, but there was uh, David. Nobody knew, you know, Saul's like, well, who who is this guy? And um, and so there's a lot of who is this guy? But then they say something that draws the attention. Anyway, they're they're at work. And so um, God's been working with the Q team for decades, some kind of Q team, some kind of white hats in this nation. He's been working towards understanding there is this World War Three scenario coming. And in that part of his plan was finding a Cyrus. Yeah. And in that Cyrus, that Cyrus that he found was President Donald Trump. And in the same way, Cyrus was not chosen. It never says, I chose you because of how righteous you were and because you worshiped the only true living God or because you only had one wife because he chose him because he chose him because he chose him. Yeah. And and for those who have trouble with still with President Trump's mean tweets, as everybody's tweeting now, is like, boy, I can use some mean tweets right yeah. now. <laughs> That's um, right. That's right. Oh, how is, the, we have changed. You know? Oh, how oh how we have changed. But yeah. listen, it was never Cyrus. It was never. Uh, if if you read the Bible and you think, yes, yeah, Cyrus is biblical. He's all over the place. He had to be some incredible righteous man of God. That's not there. Um, um, he was righteous in, in, because he obeyed God and in, in the things that he was commanded to do. But it was a God plan to remove Babylon from power. Yeah. And in similar way, that's why he's the Cyrus for now. That's why the first time I ever began sharing on it before I knew 90 something percent of everything I know now. Um, I said, the Lord showed me that he was putting Trump in. And he said, the world, your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. And boy, every day it means so much more yeah, than it, it does, did the first it time does. I said it. And then he says, the whole world will be known as before Trump and after Trump, because this is a global plan. The Illuminati plan, the Albert Pike plan, was a global plan. It was not a plan for just bringing down the United States. But there is a reason that he starts with his plan. He has his vision in 1871, and that's the year I believe they knew they had to remove the United States from its spiritual underpinnings and from its republic underpinnings, and so they, the wars and the debt of war allowed them to do so. And that's what's already in process. That's what's already changing. That's why there's already um, scores of nations working together 
we'll say with the white hats, the good guys, with kingdom people. And, and there is a timing factor coming from the Lord there uh, um, to, to them. We'll just uh, say it that way at this time. And so he's been using Cyrus. That's why I say it's not this side issue. Say, why don't you just say what you got to say without bringing President Trump into? These things are planned a long time by darkness. That's why we're telling you we're working on an Illuminati plan that was written in 1871. And and has all kinds of other sinister figures and, and, and even beginnings from before then, if you go into the Rothschilds and the Kazarian Mafia and all that kind of stuff. But they really began to run on the same track. And so God doesn't just like, oh, man, look what they're doing. Our, our God is always. Well, and John, I, you know, I mentioned earlier before the show, you know, the Psalms 2, which says, why the people's plot in vain and da, 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 da. The, you know, they, they conspire against the Lord and his anointed, but God laughs at them. Isn't Trump part of God's laughter? He's laughing at them and scoring with what he's doing. I don't know. That's my perspective. Well, I, I do believe so. I believe that's why there has to be. What is laughing at that? It, back, that's a very good scripture to bring up. He who sits in the heaven laughs. And does it does it mean he's giggling like, oh, this is a joke? Um you just think of it. What kind of laughter is it? It's a mocking laugh. Yeah. So he's mocking, laughing at the mockingbird plan. Yeah. And you want to know why Trump, you're like, man, he just doesn't sound like a man of God. He's mocking. He calls him <laughs> pencil neck and he calls him It's <laughs> mocking. It's God yeah. laughing. Yeah. It's God laughing at those who have plotted this big of a deal. Their plot is a global plot. We know it connects to other things, to depopulation, to bringing the world down to 500 million, to bring the control uh, aspect to the next level. And so there's a reason. She's like, yeah, you're justifying him being mean. Well, what would it look like if God's laughing at the enemy? Yeah. Do you think it's like he's, exactly. he's doing it, you know, with exhibition of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? No. He is mocking him. Yes. He is taunting him. He pokes him in the eye. He Because he's like, you crossed me. You thought you ran the world. And these Luciferians think they run the world. They have thought they run. They know now already. They already know. The writing's on the wall. They're in desperation mode. And they're, they're in. This is a mafia that's going to be removed for good. Yes, Lord. This is not even the final evil I'm talking about, but this is what the Lord spoke to me five, six years ago. I've been saying over and over, go over to Johnny. I'm removing the world mafia. Another one of his statements that means so much more every every day, every year. Yeah. I hear it again. This is the mafia. It's a Luciferian mafia that has hundreds of years of planning and connected, and and they have uh, done. Um, they have done the Baal worship that the prophets of Baal have done. They have practiced unity. They have practiced cutting themselves, cutting others, killing, bloodletting, bloodshedding, thinking that empowers them more. But the spirit of Elijah that's being released from the face of the earth through his believers, and they don't have yeah. to be famous believers. I hope that's part of the message that gets out there, everyone out there. You don't have to be famous and well-known to be making yeah. a big difference in the kingdom of God. In fact, it's, it's the exception rather than the rule for the famous one to be making uh, making the difference. The, the famous one most often is going to be the one most targeted by the enemy and, and most likely to make 
falls that are that are harmful. So don't don't think of it in that uh, in that kind of way that that's well, I would be famous if God was really on me. No, you need to have a confidence that he's with you and he wants to uh, affirm so many of you at this time that he has already gone before us and you're his answer. He's got his sons and daughters. Swipe yeah. tells us over and over, arise, shine. Your light has come. Creation groans and travails for the revealing of the sons and daughters of the king. So we want us just to get it. Yes. For those of you who've been sending, have you been seeing? This is Albert Pikes. This is the third war he talked about. It's happening just as he said. Yes. He wants there to be a global war that ex- eliminates, extinguishes Islam as well as the state of Israel. And so we can't allow that. We can't allow that through prayer, through decree, through agreement. And um, and just because there are some aspects of it that they're pulled pulled off and and there's a, a great reveal uh, as part of another conversation for another program, a great reveal to come. I'll just say it uh, this way. I'd written it down. The last two great reveals of our present crisis um, are the fact that the infiltration, I'll say it this way, the two most important groups or groupings have been infiltrated and they are nothing like they will be nothing even close to acceptable. And those two groups to those two groupings are the church and Israel. Mm. So that's why it's so confusing right now, because we're judging Israel by enemy forces in Israel that represent Israel. There's been betrayal in Israel that allowed all this thing to take place, it's going to be exposed. The infiltrators, those who say they're Israel or not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Again, the synagogue of Satan would be the synagogue of Lucifer, which would be the Illuminati. There are Illuminati figures very embedded in Israel. And, And we're most of us were praying for them and thinking they need to be protected and all that, but they are part of the embedded Illuminati figures whose goal, they're trying to fulfill the Albert Pike mission, the Albert Pike goals. And so they have to be exposed. So God has released to Cyrus. He's raised up his people. He's filled us up with the Holy Spirit. He's allowed there to be a growth of authority released to us, through us, even while we're mocked by the parts of the body of Christ that stay dormant and asleep. He says, you advance, advance with, fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit, decree, prayer, signs and wonders. That's our weapon, our weaponry. John, do you see, so there's the, 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 there's the ones that say they're Jews, they're, they're not. It's in Revelation 3. That's being brought to the service. But does literal Israel, the ones that are Jews, are they still going to manifest from within the state of Israel that we know of? Or what, what do you have to say about that? Are they still going to emerge? even though they were put there, maybe even under false pretenses in some cases. Yeah. You know, that's part of another conversation, okay. but it will be part of, um, that's one of the things we have to be watching for right now. You know, there okay. are various reports and I don't sure, I'm not sure which ones are correct on, but it doesn't really matter if a hype for those of you thinking, yeah, high percentage. I read somewhere that 97% of all the Jews in Israel are Khazarian. That's really not the important number because you don't become invalidated by being considered a Jew, by having, in quote, Khazarian or non-Jewish blood, because that's a whole uh, that's a whole nother debate. In fact, 
just straightforward, uh, Steve, that's something we'll probably need to address moving forward. Kind of the two most important questions um, that have to be answered correctly are yeah. what is Israel? Who are yeah. Jews? Yeah. And 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 so and, and if you try to make a quick judgment on that too soon, uh, and if you say, well, Khazarians are invalidated from being Jews, um, no, if they've embraced uh, Judaism, if they're truly from the heart, embrace Judaism. I don't think we can say that. Mm. And so, and there's a part of it God has to be the judge of. But I think among most of the people, there, I, I would say they're innocent of what we're talking about. The controllers, mm. we'll say the masterminds, the Kazarian masterminds, who are part of the Albert Pike planning for controlling the world, destroying religion, bringing that down. But it's in a very complex state. So that's why the church. It's um, there are there are confusing elements of the church because there's so much infiltration. Again, the infiltration is at the highest level. I tell you, the the uh, the mega church um, level is highly compromised, infiltrated, not in 100 percent, but a high percentage. And so that that doesn't mean the whole church is that. That's what I'm telling you. It's a half a percent. And you go to a half a percent of Israel at the top. There's some bad stuff there. There's some stuff that needs to be exposed. They're enemies of the people to the same degree as what Trump has been pointing out in this nation, where even presently you have to say a high percentage of Congress, a high percentage of Senate are compromised individuals, traitors to the nation, mm. treacherous in their living and what they're doing. <clears throat> There's some good people there. That's why you don't want to say 100 100 uh, percent. But some of those who look like they're good are also you know, that's that's the nature of infiltration. You look the most righteous, you look the best Ooh. and you're actually carrying the other agenda. And th those are things that you just have to wait for the process to bear out and showcase. And so so let the wheat and tares grow together, like Jesus said, because you can't tell yet. And that's a really good uh, scripture for it right there. There is like if you pull it out too soon, you might yeah. pull out the good thing that's there as well. Yeah. So you have, you know, look in a practical way at Congress and you can say, well, if Congress had already been shut down and eliminated, then a good man will assume yeah. Mike Johnson is as good as he seems. Uh, um, he would have never been able to show up if that field had already been pulled up. So there, there there's like good can still grow in the midst of uh, difficulty. But. All this requires us to stay very near to the Lord. Yeah. Um, and there's ways that we can turn this all into uh, kingdom advancement. And many of you there, we know many a high percentage of of the, of the listeners um, to this program are really, um, we'll say, dangerous in a good way. Believers, they're ones that use their weapons. They're, they're ones that pray, and decree and Try to step into the spirit realm um, and and wage the war in a correct way, and so that is um, that's just a a wonderful thing. But um, you know, it's it's just a significant group that the Lord is, and He doesn't He doesn't require a lot. He says the Lord can save through few or many, hmm. but um, He He really is awakening a whole church. He's awakening a bride. And he's going to have a beautiful bride without spot or wrinkle that represents him correctly. And so we know that's not just going to be a, a limited reveal, that it really will be something significant. And even while 
uh, a part of the church will continue to be, uh, you know, I won't call her names. We'll just say something less than designed by God to be. There are going to be those that overcome even the taunts and the mocking of of those who refuse to go on, those who say the gifts aren't for today, those that say the Holy Spirit's not for today, those that say apostles and prophets aren't for today, those that say, no, transformation of society is not for today. That's only, you know, after tribulation, after Jesus, after rapture, after all that stuff, all, all, all the teachings that say nothing good can happen until sometime later when he's told us specifically the kingdom is among you and Occupy yeah. till I return. Creation groans and travails for you. So you need to occupy. Creation does not groan and travail for Jesus to return. Creation groans and travails for the sons and daughters of the That's king true. to rise and shine. And so God has positioned us. He has a lot of hidden ones, names that you don't know, intercessors you don't know. He has prophetic people in key places. And he's going to keep positioning tens of thousands of you who are listening in key places moving forward, because this is a key moment in this battle and a key moment. You know, we're, we're talking about a long laid out plan and we're right in the midst of it right now where the enemy is actually trying to turn this into the final stage of what Albert Pike was desiring from the World War Three. But no, will not happen in the name of Jesus because mm-hmm. God has been at work and he's been releasing his people, his signs and wonders, his Cyrus, and and his other, uh, he, he has a bunch of no-namers as well yeah. within military circles all around the world that have a heart for good. And most of them, a high percentage of them, don't just have a heart for good, but they have a heart for God. And these are the ones that bathe in prayer. They can't even tell often their very own family what's really going on because it's 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 too intense. It's too big of a deal. Or, or even, you know, by code, they can't. And so we are we are in those days. They're serious days. They're not days to be, um, you know, but ironically, serious days are meant to be days of joy as well. And when you yeah. understand that our king is, he's on the job. He's, he's not left us to the Illuminati, the deep staters. He is at work. He's been working um, longer on his solutions than the enemy has been working on his pollutions. And so um, okay. the best is yet to come. Now, um, and you said uh, if we had some time left, you wanted to blow the show far. So I want to give you that opportunity to do that. It's really You're good, right. Johnny. Really good. Um, let's just finish with that. And let me just say that. So I'm going to blow the show far. And so many of you have been having your own encounters with the Lord. And so the show far can do so many things. Uh, it had our, one of our lead intercessors sent me, me a word about what God was doing when I was blowing the shofar. And I feel it, too. I feel something uh, happening. And so you're being empowered. You're being empowered for this fight, for this time. And don't think of uh, yourself as as too small. And, and if you get activated by him and you can be activated again, I'll say this one more time because there's confusion. You can be activated by actual power hitting you. Well, you're like slain in the spirit or you shake and you cry and you're like, oh, my goodness, something happened. The lady received the gold tooth. She was impacted and was uh, it was physical as well. And then she saw what took place in her mouth. But you can also receive by faith. By faith, it means you hear and you're like "Mm," something inside you goes, I have just been activated. And you tell yourself that because your faith has been triggered and you want your faith to be triggered because that's 
the call is to be advanced without faith is impossible to please God. So when I blow the shofar, though, we want to, I, I still, I feel like the Lord's still on this phenomenon of the gold teeth. And I would like to get many more um, reports, testimonies. I feel like there's somebody in Michigan and there's like on the left side of your mouth, there's going to be two teeth that mm. are going to go at least two that are going to go completely gold. Wow. I would love that to happen and us to get a picture of that as well. But the really, this thing needs to uh, um, grow exponentially, be part of the phenomenon of God at work. It, 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 it lifts our perspective of who he is and what he's capable of. And then you ask yourself, the next question is if he can come into your teeth and if he can put gold there, change, you know, it's everything he does is to tell you something else he can do. And so just like I saw that the gold there is like it put it in a cornerstone place. Like he is setting the cornerstone with gold at the corner of it. This is a new world economy with gold at the corner of it. That's also being ignited at this time, but we better get this done. So Holy Spirit, as I blow this shofar, I ask you to release signs and wonders and miracles. Anoint your sons and daughters. Lord, I ask that those who want this gold uh, miracle in their mouth, that when I blow this sh uh, shofar, that you would uh, touch them in a powerful way. So I just want to ask you, if you're one of those that needs that and, and are open to the gold uh, tooth or teeth, that you just open your mouth and 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 be in a position just to receive as I blow the shofar. Good. Wow. You blow that good too, you know? You got a good <laughs> that's got you really got that shofar tone too, because I mean you could have a less than, but you got a really good that's amazing. I don't know. Holy Spirit, touch your people, touch your sons and daughters. Yeah. I gotta just say, Steve, man, it's just amazing. Um before we're done, just what God's doing with this Elijah List platform. And you know, I was if you saw the picture, I should bring it that my my friend from Nicaragua sent of 200,000 people up, from up high. It is massive. It is just unbelievable. But this program, Steve, within a week, 200,000 people yeah. will have listened to this program. It's that so size good. of a crowd. So yeah. it's something that God has done on your watch through your obedience, your platform, your program. It's massive. It's massive. It's one of those things that doesn't look uh, uh, yeah, it, you know, it sneaks in like, yeah, it, it, it sneaks it, up, doesn't it? It kind of does. Big. It's a big deal. It amazes and, and this is me. happening all the time. So thank I've, you for your obedience and your tough obedience you've had to do through the years and through the recent years. And uh, you've had to shut down mocking and even spiritual yeah. attempt to shut you down. So amen. Well, New thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for the kind words. That really builds me up. I appreciate that a lot. So um, Lou Angle and Jenny Donnelly, <coughs> excuse me, will be with us tomorrow. Do not miss that. It's going to be great. Johnny, thanks again. Give our love to uh, your better half, Elizabeth. And uh, we will see you all in the morning at 11 o'clock. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. 
Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.